here with episode one of the Hearing You podcast, doing our best to get the word out, to explain to folks uh, what lifestyle medicine is all about, to introduce them to tried lifestyle medicine, and to uh, hopefully have a big impact on health and wellness, uh, not just in our area, but in the uh, as far as we can possibly go. So uh, looking to make a big impact in those areas. So excited to have Tiffany Allen, our founder here today, uh, to be able to talk through uh, some things with her, uh, let her uh, tell you about who she is, how she got into this, what her approach is, and uh, just give you a good idea who Tiffany Allen is. Welcome, Tiffany. All right. Thank you, Jeff. It's exciting. Absolutely. So if you notice bits of awkwardness, if you uh, hear a lot of stammering and stuttering, uh, this is episode one for both of us uh, on a podcast of any format. So my hope would be that this is one that we can come back to and eventually laugh at. Um, I heard a stat that uh, if you complete 20 podcasts, you are in the 1% of all podcasters. So we are well on our way by doing the first one. All right. So 19 left to go. <laughs> uh, tell me more about Tiffany Allen. Uh, who are you? What roles do you feel? Um, how, how did we get here? How do we get to this, uh, this spot with Tried Lifestyle Medicine and the, and the role that you have in uh, taking care of people? Okay. So, um, like Jeff said, it's our first one, so it's going to be interesting, but we're going to have fun, right? Absolutely. have a good time. Absolutely. So, um, I'm Tiffany Allen, as he said. Uh, first off, I would say that I just love people. I mean, I genuinely, deeply love people. So I'm very extroverted, so I enjoy being around people. A uh, funny thing about me is if I'm by myself too long, I'm probably going to be talking to so the wall. So what you're telling me is this should have probably, we should probably have brought in an audience. Probably you. so. Okay. Probably okay. so. But Understood. you're here. So Understood. one person's enough, one person. Jeff. You Perfect. are enough to be here. Okay. Perfect. Um, but I really do. Like I, I genuinely enjoy being around people. I'm not a by myself kind of person. Um, I don't really understand introverts and <laughs> how they need to recharge. I'm like, what is that? I recharge with people. So, um, but anyways, deeply empathetic, love people. That's probably my number one thing. Um, and so I love taking care of my two girls and raising them is a, is a handful, but fun. We have a good time. Uh, so we do a lot of that. I also love to travel. So, but with people, mm. <laughs> um, so traveling is always fun and doing different things. And that can be as simple as just going, um, you know, here in North Carolina travel, it doesn't have to be far away. I enjoy now what ages are your girls, Tiffany? 12 and eight. Okay. 12 and 8. We will not talk about the preteen teen years because I'm just getting started into that and that's going to be fun. That would be one where uh, both of us would probably be best served listening instead of talking. Uh, with a 14-year-old myself, I understand uh, exactly what you mean. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. So we should be finding podcasts on how to handle age, <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. We will stick to uh, what we know. That's and, right. That's uh, right. And, and, and I, what we can share. I feel much better suited to be talking about health and wellness versus those preteen and teen years. Excellent. So how, how did you get into healthcare? So my passion when I was, I would say middle school, high school was actually to be a teacher. So totally shifted when I was around probably a junior in high school. It's like, hey, I kind of, I think healthcare sounds great. And so I um, actually went to a camp at Chapel Hill 
go Tar Heels, um, mm-hmm. did that. And I was like, I really enjoy this. And so totally shifted and went away from teaching into healthcare. However, realizing how much teaching is still in healthcare. So it makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved to take care of people. Started out my career as being a CNA at a nursing home. And that was an interesting summer that I did that. So a lot of fun um, challenges, I think, very eye opening. What's your what's your best story from that period? (laughs) I so wish I could remember her name, but I bent down to help her. She said, can you help me uh, tie my shoes? I said, sure. I bent down to tie her shoes and she hit me as hard as she possibly could. Right smack between the eyes. Mm. Knocked me flat on my tail. Hmm. And. I kind of was shocked and came to, and I said, what was that about? She's like, I just wanted to see your reaction. Hmm. I said, okay. And I remember leaving and I thought, all right, well, I'm determined. She's going to like me by Hmm. the time. I think she was just challenging me to see if I had it in me. So by the end of the summer, we were best buddies. So it was, it was great, but yes, it's definitely interesting. So it, uh, it takes a special skill set to, uh, be able to work through that and, uh, definitely a good mindset <laughs> to be able to overcome that. I don't know that I would have responded the same way. <laughs> takes a so, lot, Jeff, to make me, to make me mad. Uh, there we go. So <laughs> from the CNA, mm-hmm. what, what were the next steps there? All right. So then went to uh, college to get my bachelor's degree, um, in nursing and, Went that direction when I graduated from, went to Lenore Ryan and Hickory for undergrad. When I graduated from there, my first uh, job was in a cardiac unit at a local hospital. Did that for a little while and uh, learned a lot. I mean, I would say just eye-opening because honestly, believe it or not, was not as talkative and as confident as I am now um, in talking to people. So it was more like timid, you know, I don't really know, am I doing this right or not doing this right? And so, but again, just loved it, did that for a while, only shifted out of that. Um, I was actually working nights and it just did not feel like the best fit for me because I like to sleep (laughs) and night shift working. It is, listen, for people that do it, kudos to them. It is very difficult. Um, So shifted out of there and went to a local health department and worked as a clinic nurse, which was another great experience because there we had all kinds of different clinics and I worked all of them. So it was great. We had uh, worked with kids and families and uh, maternity patients. We had immunizations. I'm trying to think. Um, I know I'm missing something else, but anyways, but it was great. So another great experience and just a stepping stone into the next next thing. So during that time while I was there, I was actually going back to school uh, to be a nurse practitioner. Started out as a family nurse practitioner, was actually at Chapel Hill, uh, ended up really uh, enjoying the professors for women's health. And they talked me into doing a dual track. So ended up doing women's health and family nurse practitioner, which I'm so grateful for. Mm. Um, Out of our class, only eight of us decided to do the dual track out of probably 65 of us. I mean, I would not trade it. It has really been a big impact because women's health is something I'm very passionate about. Well, let's not, let's not segue just yet. Okay. Um, let's keep that, let's keep that story going. Right. So okay. uh, in school and uh, next steps from there. So next steps after school would have been uh, my first nurse practitioner uh, job at a local family practice invaluable. I mean, had worked with three of the best doctors that I can even explain to you. They were phenomenal. So felt very supportive. That office was like my family. 
and still to this day, they're like my family. Uh, patients ended up being like my family. Uh, learned a lot. So of course, family practice, you are doing everything. You do acute care, you do preventative care, chronic care. Um, I mean, all kinds of different things that you're looking at, but you're running. I mean, there's a lot of patients. So it is very, you, you need to stay on your toes. You've got to You've got to be fast paced. I mean, there's really not another option. So as much as I like to talk to people, I had to really pay attention to my time. So I didn't end up super behind because time is valuable to people. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it was a and it was during that time that I had my girls. And I know that that shifted me as a person. And I had a different level of empathy. I know I've always had a great love for people, but it was almost like this different level that came out. You know, moms would call at the end of the day and prior to kids, like, just wait till tomorrow. You will be fine. After having kids, I was like, I will stay. I will make sure that your kids get seen. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's just different. You just have a different, each season in life gives you a different understanding for people. Excellent. Tell me about 2020. A lot of people have a lot of different experiences uh, in 2020 uh, for a lot of different reasons. Uh, tell me about yours. All right. 2020, we started Triad Lifestyle Medicine uh, and that was January of 2020. And COVID was, you could hear a little bit about COVID, but not really anything. Um, but we started the practice. Things were going really well. And then COVID hit in March of that year. And so now we have kids at home and the world kind of shut down. And so it's like, whoa, wait a minute, what are we going to do now? Right. But from a healthcare perspective, I just, I feel like it was a year that people really wanted to focus on their health and they were really focused in on what can they do for prevention? What can they do to make sure that they're as healthy as they can be, right? So it was actually great timing to start the practice. Um, I think there were a lot of perspectives that were shifted mm -hmm. uh, during that during that phase, um, certainly. And if you're watching or listening to this at some point in the, in the future, and and you did not experience that, uh, it was it was a very interesting time. A lot of uncertainty. A lot of people really questioned uh, the 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 bigger systems uh, at the time. And so it was interesting that this transition happened uh, around that same time. So tell me more about kind of that bigger why. So what what made you step out? What made you willing to, obviously COVID had not happened yet. That's right. Uh, it just That's so right. happened that you timed the market so well, <laughs> where everybody had to stay home and not do anything. Uh, a wonderful time to start a business. Um, but uh, tell, me, tell me more about kind of that why behind that step out and, and development of Tried Life. So okay, perfect. Medicine. So I would, biggest thing for me is being in the family practice. And like I said, I loved it. I mean, it was absolutely where I thought I'd be forever. Um, unfortunately, though, the system, I started seeing things and not just in that, in that practice. It was not anything to do with that practice. It was more just our general overall healthcare system. It was becoming more, 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 see how many patients you can see because you have to, there's a lot of people that have a lot of needs that need to be met. So it's not that it's, I mean, I just think it's how our system currently works. Mm -hmm. Right. But what I saw is that people needed more. They needed more time. They needed to be able to come in and talk to their provider and to feel heard. And as much as I loved my patients, I couldn't. I mean, I had other people lined up. So you had to limit the amount of things that you could talk about. 
um, there was no option around it. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, if you are a patient in the traditional system and you're hearing me, it's not that your provider does not care about you. It is that they their hands are tied um, because our insurance demands, they, they're not going to allow you to be in a visit for an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that was the bigger thing that it was like people kept coming back with the same complaints and the same issues. And I just wanted to be able to give them more. And I knew that they deserve more. They only, you know, as we go in and we are seeing our provider, there's a lot of things that come up, not just physically. I mean, there's a lot of emotional and mental things that people need to be able to talk through. And let's be honest, if we're in a room with someone for three minutes, how how much can it's, come? It's hard to get to the that's hard, hard to get to the bottom of the situation. It. It's very yes. difficult. And that's the need that I saw. Um, and it's not just because I like to talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think I think we're headed that direction. But tell tell me more about the lifestyle medicine approach. I think you've already alluded to that uh, in, in various forms. But tell me in a little little greater detail, what does that look like? What does the the patient experience look like? Uh, we've already talked about what the kind of the traditional model looks right. like as far as time and, and, and attention. And, you know, I, I think we all want to throw stones at things, but I think one thing that we all agree on is that the providers genuinely care. And I'm glad, I'm glad Absolutely. you made that point. Yes. Um, cause I, I've not met one that I felt like was, was negligent or anything. And so it's not a, it's not a provider issue, but tell me more about, uh, the, the lifestyle medicine approach and, and what that looks like for a patient. So one thing that we really focus on is lifestyle. And so if you break that down, we talk a lot about nutrition and movement, stress, sleep, um, even social um, issues, because honestly, if someone's lonely, they're not going to feel good as if they're surrounded by a community and they feel supported. So that's another piece that we look at. Um, spirituality is something else we talk about. We try to cover every area of the body. Um, and that encompasses a lot of different things. And so, again, we talk about what are you eating? How much are you drinking? Are you getting enough water? Um, are you drinking things you shouldn't be all the time, right? Like a lot of caffeine or alcohol, things like that. Um Movement, I think, is is a big one because so often we think that we're moving more than we actually are. So we have to really look at what does that look like? What are you doing? Are you doing strength training? Are you just doing cardio? So we talk about all of those things. Um, stress, a lot of times I find that is underlying that people sometimes don't even realize that they have. Um, sleep, I know, is another concern for a lot of people. They're either, you know, not they're having trouble falling asleep or they're waking up during the night, or maybe they're just not making enough time to sleep and they're not making that a priority. So we talk through all of that. Um, I would say there's a, there is a good deal of our visit that is truly just talking and processing more than anything. So that's a big aspect of it. I love, I love that approach. Um, one of the things I used to do, and, and again, for those of you listening for the first time, uh, you can get my intro. Um, I will eventually insert uh, into the show notes or links, uh, the link to that particular podcast where I kind of give my background. Uh, but I spent about five years in CrossFit. And one of the things that I used to draw on the board was kind of the fitness wellness continuum. And it was one of those where, you know, the absence of sickness is not necessarily fitness. And that was in the, obviously the physical space and the CrossFit model. But I think 
if what I'm hearing you say is, is, um, is accurate, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's that just not being sick is not necessarily optimizing your wellness. There's a lot of other things. So maybe you don't have active symptoms, but there's things that you can do to feel better and have less stress and uh, manage stress better, uh, those types of things. So uh, it sounds like a much more comprehensive approach uh, to medicine versus just, I'm sick, help me get better as, as quickly as possible. Right. So we are really trying to step back and see, are you feeling optimal? not just are you going day to day and getting everything done, but do you feel your best? And if not, why? Mm. And that's the goal is to get people to feel better. And sometimes people don't even realize how bad they feel until they start to feel better. And they're like, wow, Mm. I feel nice. I think it becomes a new normal in a lot of ways. Uh, This is just how somebody my age is supposed to feel, right? That's right. Um, And so we accept it and and don't question it until we learn better. Yeah. And we, and we also focus on prevention. Um, So a lot of this is about trying to prevent chronic disease or trying to catch things before they turn into a, a big problem. That's great. So tell me what, your best patients, your patients that experience the biggest transformations, the biggest shifts, whether it be in mindset or physical health or both, ideally, what what do their characteristics look like? So if I'm listening today and I say, hey, what's what are some things I can do? And we'll get down to kind of the one thing at the end here. Um, but what for those patients that have the biggest successes, what what characteristics do you see uh, out of those folks? Honestly, it's pretty simple. It usually is. Yes. <laughs> They've got to want it. Hmm. They've got to want it. And it has to be what that they realize they're the purpose behind it. Right. Because if it is just, I'm going to give an example. If it is just to lose weight, then once they lose weight and they get there, well, that purpose is now gone. There's got to be a bigger, there's got to be a bigger purpose. Um, and I can't explain what that is because that looks different for everybody, whatever mm-hmm. that would be. Right. Um, but truly they have to, they have to want it. No excuses. I'm going to push forward because the biggest thing that happens is let's be honest, we're all busy people and it gets very challenging to do all the things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but we don't have to always do everything just perfectly. Mm-hmm. But we've so got to the have determination to make it. the change. That's it. That's um, it. A, a concept I found interesting that I was introduced to recently is the idea that sometimes our circumstances have to get worse before we get better. And I think if what I'm hearing you say is that uh, many times we do, and, and in your patient's experience, they kind of have to hit that rock bottom to get the the will to see it through and to right. make the changes. Um, so that's, that's really, really good to understand. So what is, if you could boil it down to one thing today, what's, what's one thing somebody just stumbled upon this, they've heard us mumble around for however long it's been. Um, (laughs) what's one thing you could, you would say to them to implement today to make that change, uh, or to begin that process of making that change? What's one thing you would tell them, uh, if you had them sitting here with us? I may get lengthy on this one, but this is a big passion of mine. Um, And what we talk to our patients a lot about here at Tried Lifestyle Medicine is getting out of the all or none mindset. Hmm. We all have this. It's got to be all this or nothing. For example, let's say that you've decided to eat healthier. 
but you're craving a piece of cake. Oh, I can't do that. I can never have cake again. How long do you think that's going to last if you're, if you're really craving cake, right? There's nothing wrong with occasionally having a sweet treat. You just can't do it every day, right? So something I've implemented um, with myself that has been very helpful is I have something called Fantastic Friday. And so on Fridays, that's my day that if I have craved something throughout the week, that Friday's my day that I'm going to have it. So I think we have to constantly think about it's not all or none. It's almost looking at it as good, better, best. There's going to be some times that we have to make a good, a good decision, but maybe it's not the best decision. There's going to be other times that we're like, man, this is the best decision we can make, right? It is imperative that we get out of this all or none. Because as we start working with our patients here, we start with small steps. I have some patients that the first thing we say, they leave, and the first thing that we say is, focus on your water. For the next week, that's all we want you to do. Because if you try to make all these changes at one time, the likelihood to succeed is not very high. It's almost like climbing a ladder. Can you climb to the top of that ladder with one step? You ever tried that? What's going to happen? <laughs> you're probably not going to get very far before you fall backwards, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're taking one step at a time, you're going to get to the top but it's not a race. This is most people. It's taken them years to get to where they are, which means it's going to take a little bit of time to get back to where they need to be. Right. I think a byproduct of our culture and the speed with which we live is the immediacy right. of, of everything. And so I think, uh, wellness gets lumped in there as well. And it's how, how do we accomplish the most, the quickest and get to where we want to be? And why am I not there yet? Mm -hmm. And, yeah. uh, that is, that's so great to hear. I, I, I've you know had similar experiences, both in my own life and then in the folks that I've worked with to try to help them accomplish those, uh, transformations. And I think on the other side of that, from a success, a success standpoint, I think as human beings, we really need that progress. And so to your point, I think the smaller uh, chunks we can break it into uh, and, and another piece of this, and, and maybe it's because I'm getting a little older, uh, but it's another piece of this is expanding that timeline. And so I love to hear you say that let's look at it on a longer time horizon and realize what we can accomplish in two years, three years, five years, 10 years, instead of what can we accomplish tomorrow or today? Right. Um, with the understanding that we do need to make the changes today to accomplish that in the future, but they are a, uh, they have a compounding effect over time. So I, uh, I love to hear that and have experienced uh, the same. So what else would you tell folks about Tiffany Allen uh, that you feel like they would need to know? I think the biggest thing is just making sure to understand that, um, you know, I don't expect perfection. So one thing when we first started the practice is that I gave people these huge, massive plans. And I realized that people's eyes were this big and they immediately felt overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So really have stepped back a lot from that and just realized we're all human. Just like what I just talked about. I'm human. I'm not perfect. <sighs> I know that's a hard thing to say about yourself. It's very but, surprising. But I'm Wait. not perfect, right? <laughs> and so you have to step back and say, 
on this journey, the biggest thing is that I want to be able to support people and to be there for them and to give them an experience with healthcare that they've never had before. I want to empower them to be able to take charge of their own health because to be honest, guess who knows their body better than anybody else? It's not me. It's not you. It is them. Mm-hmm. And until we give people and empower people to speak up for what they want, we're really not going to change healthcare. So I believe at the at the very top of all the issues is that we've got to start fighting for our health and fighting for what's best for us because again, we know our body. And so one thing that we talk about a lot here is what feels best to them? What feels like the best choice? I always give options for people. This is where we start. This, these are your options. What feels best? And maybe we start one place and we go through it. But I think the biggest thing that I want people to know is just, it is not, it is not about perfection, but they've got to stand up for what they feel is right with their body and with their health care. They have to start somewhere. That's it. It's been a great conversation. Um, really appreciate you taking the time. Also appreciate you willing to be the guinea pig for uh, this experiment that we call uh, life. My hope is that this podcast will kick off many, many more, uh, both within the Tried Lifestyle family, um, but also in the greater Carolinical Wellness family uh, with the the other uh, companies and entities that we represent. Um, we're all very passionate about uh, having a preventative mindset and also looking at uh, wellness from a different perspective right? Um, and, and making sure that we're inclusive of uh, physical, spinal, spiritual, mental, and emotional, and we, we get it all uh, addressed and, and folks needs met. So thanks. And uh, I'm sure you will see more of Tiffany in the future uh, as time goes on. Thank you. <laughs>